Before we get started, before any of this starts, I'd like to remind you that you can experience an ad-free version of this by clicking the link in the description that says plus.acast.com slash s slash Radio Free Catholic. May God bless you and the Virgin protect you. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Exurgat Deus dispentur inimici eius, et fugiancio derunteum a facia eius. Let God arise, and let his enemies be scattered, and let all those who hate him flee from before his face. It would seem that there is a constant drumbeat talking about what they now call climate change, that they used to call global warming, that they before that called global cooling, these apocalyptic catastrophes that just seem to keep threatening, keep threatening, keep threatening, keep threatening. And I will tell you that in their muted understanding, their obscured vision, after a manner, they are actually telling the truth. They're just talking about the wrong climate. This is Caleb the Mechanic with Radio Free Catholic. Let's get started with a prayer. In nomine Patris et Filii et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Sancta Michael Arcangle, defende nos in proelio. Contra nequitiam et insidias diaboli est opraesidium. Imperetili Deus supplicas de precamor, tuque princeps militae calestis, satana maliosque spiritus malignos, que ad perditionem animarum, pervegantur in mundo divina virtute in infernum de trude. Amen. Cor Jesus Sacratissimum, miserere nobis, Mater Dolorosa, ora pro nobis, Beatus Carolus et Domo Austriae, ora pro nobis. Domine, ostende facem tuum et salvierimus, Ave Maria Purissima, Immaculata Conceptio Est. In nomine Patris et Filii et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. It's... Interesting, if you listen to the rhetoric of the globalist morons, and I'm just going to go ahead and call them morons. I can I can lambast them for their malice and their malevolence and their wickedness, and that's fine. The fact is, they've all given themselves over to the father of lies, which is why they can spend so much time making true statements about false ideas, thereby turning those true statements into giant lies. 
So, what do I mean? Well, if we do not make a drastic cultural change, if we don't drastically change the way that we look at the world, if we don't tremendously adjust, like to diametric opposition into the way that we currently view the world as a species, the world is going to be completely unsustainable by 2030. This is a fact. Except that I'm not talking about the weather. I'm not talking about oceans, except in a metaphorical sense. I'm not talking about storms, except in a metaphysical sense. I'm not talking about global temperatures drastically increasing, except again in a spiritual sense. <clears throat> the climate that needs to change is the climate of blasphemy, apostasy, and degeneracy. B-A-D. The bad climate has to change. The climate of blasphemy, apostasy, and degeneracy has to change. We are un on an unsustainable path that will cause the annihilation of entire nations due to this change in climate. It will mean the eradication of entire peoples. Whole nations will be washed away if we do not change the bad climate. And in those circumstances, as soon as you put it, that lens, the true lens of the way we really need to be looking at the world, everything that they say about climate change actually becomes real. Because they're not, yes, they're talking about a piddly little one and a half degree temperature change. What they need to be talking about is a piddly one and a half degree of cultural change. One and a half degrees of cultural change draws back the transgender agenda. Pulls back the curtain against the transhuman agenda. A one and a half degree change in cultural climate. It's not exactly going to bring back prayer in schools, but it might cause people to realize that sending your children off for other people to educate is stupid. It might get people to realize that when they look at themselves, they themselves are not educated in the things that are necessary for the growth of a family, for the growth of a nation. And we're not talking economics in the material sense. We're talking economics in the biblical sense. A lot of people talk like to talk and it's one of and here's how bad it is when it comes to taking the false framing of a truth which makes that truth become a lie. So we've all heard in the case of like the election the elections during the time of Bill Clinton that it's the economy stupid. Well, this is true except that it's also false because we're not talking about commerce. We're not talking 
about trade. We're talking about the home. People forget that the word economy comes from the Greek oikos, meaning home. The economy is about naming the things in the home. We look at it now because we've allowed them to completely obliterate the core root of words. And so we look at things like the economy and we forget that the whole principle behind the economy are those so-called kitchen table issues. Well, what are kitchen table issues? Think about it. When you're sitting down with the family, do you sit lounging on the couch in front of the television and you're talking, or do you sit at the kitchen table and you actually discuss the things that are serious? The question I have for those in particular who suffer from same-sex attraction, when they decided to come out to their families, did they do it in the living room or did they do it in the kitchen? So that means that the progress of the family is a kitchen table issue. The announcement that the family line is about to end, the family bloodline is about to end, at least on one of the branches, is a kitchen table issue. That means the transgender agenda is actually a kitchen table issue. Surely, the price of food and the price of gas, those are kitchen table issues also because too because many people when they're when they're doing out when they're doing up the budget, where are they working out the budget? They're sitting at the kitchen table. It is actually very rare indeed for people to be sitting in a study at a desk with a kitchen in a whole nother room working on the budget. It is far more common that the budget is being worked out sitting at the kitchen table. So it does mean that the price of food and the price of gas and and whether or not you're going to be able to pay the bills are definitely kitchen table issues. But it is also true that the degeneracy that is being foisted upon children in schools is a kitchen table issue because the side effects of those are going to actually come to pass standing in the kitchen by the table. When little Johnny decides to tell mom and dad that he's actually little Janie. And when little Jane decides to tell mom and dad that she's in a long-term relationship with Maggie and that she's not interested in meeting Dave or Tom. All of these issues are kitchen table issues. But do you know what else is a kitchen table issue? Prayer. For thousands of years, when families were gathered around the kitchen table, they would put their heads down, they would bring their hands up and clasp them together, and they would pray. Bless us, O Lord, and these thy gifts from thy wonderful bounty, in which we are about to receive. 
there's an interesting phenomenon in America in particular, in that all of these issues are in fact kitchen table issues. If Johnny is sleeping with Timmy down the street, that is a kitchen table issue. If Janie is sleeping with Maggie down the street, that is a kitchen table issue. If Johnny decides he wants to become Jane, that is a kitchen table issue. The reason why it was so easy for, for Martin Luther to try and shift the holy sacrifice of the mass to the meal of the peoples of God is because that altar is also representative of the kitchen table. It was always it was always representative of the kitchen table. The Holy of Holies was always simultaneously representative of the kitchen itself. His supposition that the Eucharistic feast or his suppositions about the Eucharistic feast are not false. They are simply the lesser truth. It is the lesser truth that this is the meal, the feast of the peoples of God. It is a greater truth that the holy sacrifice of the Mass is the holy sacrifice of the Mass, is the sacrifice of the body, the blood, the soul, and divinity of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. But on a lesser, on a banal level, it is also the Eucharistic meal. It is also the Lord's Supper. The higher truth is the sacrifice. The lesser truth is the supper. But they are still both true. And because they are still both true, that which happens at the kitchen table is equally as important as that which happens out in the commercial world. It is those, it is that interconnectedness, that interweaving of all of these metaphors, of all of these things. If a thing is true, it's true from so many different facets as to be almost unreal, as to be actually incomprehensible. And what I'm talking about here is not theology per se. It's not ecclesiology per se. I could go I suppose I could go ahead and coin a new f funny word and call it naturology. Looking at things and seeing them at their core and then drawing the lines to connect all of the parallels so that you can so that you can actually see the whole map of all the facets of the of these particular truths. And the truth is in this world if we do not change our perspective from the lesser truths to the ultimate truth, we're going to miss the bus entirely. And the climate is definitely going to change. And that climate change is going to look like fire from the sky and darkness.
It is going to look like earthquakes and floods and tsunamis and storms. It's going to look like fire and brimstone, rivers and seas boiling. It's going to look like all of that. Whether it be the fire falling from the sky being the nuclear fire of bombs or the fire from the sky actually being some supernatural fire, something that could only be divine, it matters not. Because the result is the same. At the end of the day, we are chastised for our blasphemies. At the end of the day, we are punished for our apostasy. At the end of the day, we suffer, not because God is this angry old man, but simply because we continually say, screw you, God, I'm going to go my own path. No matter how much hurt it brings to me or those around me, I'm going to carry my own path. I'm going to walk my own path, and I don't need your little guardian angel, and I don't need your divine assistance, and I don't need your grace. I'm going to do my own thing, no matter what the cost. And that is the climate that has to change. That is what needs to be addressed. You want to talk about sustainable development? Let's talk about sustainable development. It is unsustainable to reject the laws of physics and nature. It is unsustainable to reject the principles that we have learned in biology. It is unsustainable to reject the idea that something not of human hands created the universe. It is unsustainable to, to reject the idea that we cannot give something that we don't have. Which is exactly what the transhuman agenda is. The transhuman agenda is an attempt to become godlike when we do not have godhead. <clears throat> you cannot impart perfection when you yourself are an imperfect clay vessel. And that is a truth that we must confront. It is a truth that we must address. And it is a truth that we must begin to embrace. Lest we destroy ourselves, our posterity, and everything that we hold dear. We are on an unsustainable path. We are on a path trying to find something of sustainable development, whatever the heck that actually means, when we are unwilling to embrace the laws that we cannot change. Instead, we reject them and we say, no, we can change that. I can become a woman. Caleb the mechanic can become Katarina the rocket scientist. That is ridiculous on its face. And everybody knows it. And this is to say nothing of the blasphemies that are currently going on that are causing an entire swath of the Western world to not be able to define what a woman is. We can't even tell you what a woman is, because if we tell you what a woman is, then we are immediately telling you that which a man is not, and now that's divisive. Now, that's transphobic. 
But if you cannot tell me what a woman is, then how could you possibly know who the Blessed Mother is? If you don't know what a woman is, then what is a mother? If, if you don't know what a mother is, then what is a family? In their world, they would have there be no brothers or sisters, because not because they wish to erase men, although they do attack men quite regularly. It is actually they wish to erase women. Well, for those of you who don't know, I stumbled on the creation myth of ancient Greece. It's one of them. There's a bunch of them, in all honesty, because every city had its own creation myth. But the common creation myth is that Zeus created men and everything was all fine, well, and good. And then a man presumed to con Hercules, with, or excuse me, con Zeus with the help of Prometheus. And in his wrath, Zeus created woman. So that woman could torture man. Does that sound different from today? If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. 
If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. When you look at the myths, I really don't like actually using the word myth when referring to Greek mythology, even though that's generally what we refer to it as, because the word, and I don't like using it because the word myth actually means a truth. Mythology is supposed to be the study of truth. I don't get as aggravated when people refer to the Christian mythology, because if you're actually studying Christian mythology, then you are studying Christian truth, which means you're studying the saints, you're studying you're studying the ancient church, the father, the desert fathers, you're, tu- you're studying the scholastics, you're studying the, the tradition and the history. I get a little bit more sketchy about using the word truth when talking about pagan deities. They're not going to be be able to erase men, and they know it. They can lambast men all they want. They can try to enslave men all they want. But the fact is, that's only going to go so far before all hell breaks loose. But the one they can erase is the woman. The one whose importance they can eradicate is the woman. And why would they not choose that, considering the devil went after the woman first? The devil didn't go to Adam. Adam actually heard the voice of God. Adam was actually told, don't eat the fruit. The devil couldn't go to Adam, so of course he went to Eve. Flesh of my flesh and bone of my bone, I would do anything for you, including fall and be cast out from the garden. The fact is, If we don't actually change the climate of misandry and misogyny, if we don't actually change the climate of apostasy and heresy, if we don't actually change the climate of blasphemy, if we don't actually change the climate of degeneracy, we will all burn. We will all suffer. We will all be destroyed. But the implication is, well, I mean, what do you have to do to stop blasphemy? Blasphemy is only halted when people humble themselves and realize that there are things that they should not say. 
And there are things that they should not do because they don't have that right. Which means that they have a requirement of self-control, which is very difficult to do. I see it, I see it day to day. The people I work with are among the most blasphemous people that I ever encounter. It's always been the case. It was that case when I was a soldier. It's that case as a mechanic. But I encounter blasphemy at the store. I encounter, I encounter low-grade blasphemy at church. Depending on the church, of course. Sometimes it's higher grade blasphemy. I'm sure you've seen, I'm sure by now you've seen that video of the quote unquote DJ priest there completely vested pretending that the chalice of Christ's blood is a DJ's turntable. So I say in some cases it's low grade blasphemy. Other times Yeah. Other times, it's much worse. But we have to get that out of our systems. We have to purge that. We're going to have to do penance for that. We're going to have to do penance for our addictions to pornography. And mind you, pornography is not just going to Pornhub. If it's immodest, it's a stumbling block that will cause someone to sin. And that goes for men and women. It's not just the half-naked girls all over social media. It's also the half-naked guys. Remember, it was, it was the venerable, excuse me, it was the venerable Bishop Fulton J. Sheen who pointed out that the devil loves nudity. So it's not just the girls. In this day and age, you want to really scroll the court, you take a look and you notice that it's men just as bad, if not more. In fact, I would argue more so because for some strange reason, we don't consider... so many different forms of clothing to simply be indecent. To those who say, well, nobody ever gets mad about, nobody ever gets mad, you know, when a woman goes shirtless, everybody's like, oh my goodness, and nobody ever really gets mad when men go shirtless. Actually, I would argue that we should. We should actually be annoyed when men are shirtless. Particularly, depending, of course, upon the venue. There are, there are some circumstances you know, out on the farm shoveling, you know, baling hay, or maybe going without a shirt might be a little bit better. But a man should not go shirtless in public. And that includes, not, and that includes, oof, 
man, I think I'm actually going to catch some, I'm probably going to catch some comeuppance for this one. But if you're a man and you regularly walk around in a t-shirt and blue jeans, you are wearing your underwear outside. T-shirts are underwear. It is as modest as walking around in a t-shirt and boxer shorts. The, the movie Risky Business with Tom Cruise and that one scene with the, with the, with the dancing scene in the, in the house. That is precisely the sort of thing I'm talking about. You wouldn't go out in public like that, and yet for some reason, we go out in public like that. absolutely insane and for no other reason than we just want to be comfortable oh but my t-shirt's got printing on it it couldn't possibly be underwear bro it's a t-shirt you know spider-man underoos are a thing and they're still underoos boxer shorts come with little batman print on them and they're still boxer shorts not to be worn outside Shorts and flip-flops. Anywhere other than the beach is degenerate. T-shirt shorts and flip-flops. You may as well walk around naked. And there are many people who would probably prefer to do so. Why am I saying this? I'm saying this to let you really let it marinate deep inside. That we have to be careful how we comport ourselves. We have to be modest in our dress, in our speech, and in our actions. And it is that failure across the board where even in this day and age, now politicians curse because that's how you identify with the common man. That's the death of statesmanship. And the fact that we support people who do such things, I mean, surely, well, I mean, they're better than the other guys, so I mean, why not? Blech. If that's the best you can get, maybe instead of worrying about who to vote for, you worry about getting back to the blessed sacrament and get on your knees and beg God's forgiveness. Because if that's the best you can get, do you understand that in the book of Romans, in Paul's epistle, in Paul's epistle to the Romans, at the end of the first chapter, the last sentence, who, having known the justice of God, did not understand that they who do such things are worthy of death. And not only do they do them, but they also consent to them that do them. In this, in this one sentence alone, I prefer the translation in the King James. Because in the King James, it's not just consent. 
In the King James, they celebrate those who do these things. Who, having known the justice of God, not only consent to doing doing it themselves, but celebrate those others who do it. That's pride. Possibly in the biblical sense, but when I say it in this particular sense, I'm talking about in the LGBT sense. Proud of their degeneracy. Proud of their sin. Proud of their immorality. Proud of their hatefulness. Proud of what they should be shamed for. And that is the climate that has to change. You think I'm worried about the weather? God has the weather. They talk about going carbon zero for emissions. These fools fail to understand that every time a volcano erupts, it puts out more than a hundred times all of the so-called pollution as the entirety of the human race from the beginning of the Industrial Revolution to the present day. And that includes China and India, the two biggest polluters on the planet. You think I'm worried about your SUV or your private jet? I'm not. Because every time a volcano belches... Any attempt at neutralizing the impact of human-made climate change is erased. It is eradicated. It is forgotten. The sun goes into high solar activity, and we do what? Oh, well, I guess we have heat waves. And we have storms. It goes into low solar activity. Oh, look at that. It gets colder. And we have storms. And there's nothing about an earthquake that has anything to do with man-made climate change. The closest you might have something to do with might be the drilling for oil. Might. Although if that were the case, then surely Texas and Louisiana would have earthquakes all the time. And yet, strangely enough, They do not. Sustainable development. You want to sustain, you want sustainable development? You teach your kids not to curse the name of God. You want sustainable development? You get your neighbors to quit taking our Lord's name and turning it into an insult. You want sustainable development? Put some freaking clothes on. Don't go walking around in yoga pants. Don't go walking around in basketball shorts. Basketball shorts are made for the basketball court. They are not made for going to the store. They are certainly not made for going to church. You want sustainable development, you develop yourself into following that which nature has declared is the natural order. That would be the start. 
That's even before you get to the point where you begin to acknowledge the, the existence, presence, and omnipotence of God. No one ever looks at the fact that everywhere where God has been pushed out, it is a land of murder and mayhem. You want proof? Look at Chicago. Look at Los Angeles. Look at San Francisco. Most of these places were Catholic bulwarks. But now that the church has been defenestrated into those areas, they are land of corruption, of immorality, of degeneracy, of lies, and of murder. And if they're allowed to continue to move in that direction, if we allow them to move the rest of the world in that direction, then the entire world will be a land of bloodshed, of child sacrifice, of immorality and degeneracy. And it should be of no surprise to anyone that God would eventually say, okay, we're done. As a side note, this is actually just a caveat to what I was talking about in this episode. There's something that most of the traditional Catholic community doesn't fully acknowledge. And that is something about the role of Antichrist. We understand where he's supposed to come from. We understand the marks of who the man of sin is. We understand a lot of those things. But the really funny part about it is, is that there are a lot of people within the Christian world and within the Catholic world who seem to think that Islam is going to side with us in that day. So let me dispel that. The prophecies about the Savior in Islam, the Mahdi, the 12th Imam. The prophecies about him, when you read about him, you're reading about the man of sin. The man who would destroy the reign of Christendom. The man who would destroy the West. The man who would destroy... Christ. That's who the 12th Imam, the Mahdi, is. When it comes time for Antichrist to show himself, Muslims will reject him briefly, initially. But the 12th Imam is Antichrist. The Mahdi is Antichrist. It's that simple. You think... (laughs) You think everybody, they're going to look at it like, well, they want us to worship him. No. The prediction in Islam is that the Mahdi will be worshipped because he will be God, because he will be 
the one they're looking for. He'll be rejected initially. There'll be doubts initially. But the Mahdi is Antichrist. All of the descriptions about him describe the son of perdition, the man of sin. Do a one-for-one -one comparison. Do your research. Don't even take it on my account. Do your research. The 12th Imam, the Mahdi, is Antichrist. It's like, oh, but they say he's going to be from the tribe of Dan, and that's distinctively possible because you can't hardly trace their blood anymore. We know the groups. But lest we forget, really tracking all of the tribes, that got a little bit difficult. He may well be of the tribe of Dan. But I'll take it this far. He's probably going to be a born Jew and a fallen away Catholic. And I say fallen away Catholic because you got the Catholic because you got the infant baptism thing. And he's likely to be the child of a bishop and a nun. Without a doubt. And a bishop and a nun, I mean, they may baptize him, they may not. Who knows? I mean, we things are squiffy with the church hierarchy. But I'm inclined to believe that he's going to be a baptized Catholic. And whether or not he himself is a Muslim, the fact is, he will probably also be of an appropriate lineage to be the Mahdi. There's no guarantees. Don't know for sure. These are, these are suppositions. But what I do know is, that, and I've known for a very long time, that all of the descriptions of the 12th Imam all of the descriptions of the Mahdi describe the Antichrist. So, you might want to look a little bit more closely at your national immigration policies and where you're letting these people in from. Because when the Mahdi appears, he will unite all of Islam. And that might cause just a little bit of a problem for you. Man, I wonder if this is actually going to get banned. Who knows? We'll see. <clears throat> I, think I, I think I've pretty much dumped on every... Yeah, I think I've pretty much pressed every hot button. I didn't say specifically the word abortion, but now that I have, that should probably close the whole loop out and that'll take care of everything. <laughs> Pray, do penance, fast, make reparation. Because unless we do penance, 
we shall all assuredly die. This is Caleb the Mechanic with Radio Free Catholic. May God bless you and the Virgin protect you. In nomine Patris et Filii et Spiritus Sancti. Amen.